you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waits, the Fearless Business Coach. I have got, I've got a, I'm very honored today and humbled um, that our guest has said uh, yes to coming onto the show. So it's Brian Kurtz. So Brian Kurtz is the founder of Titans Marketing and at one point in his life was responsible for selling over a billion dollars worth of products, $39 at a time to millions, which I think is a fantastic statement. So yeah, welcome onto the it, podcast. It wild, yeah. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to spend the next half an hour or so digging into marketing, talking about one of my favorite books, Breakthrough Advertising, which you're connected to, uh, and also talking about your book as well. But I'm curious, you've been in, mar- in the marketing business, the game, for like the last 34 years. So how did you... Uh, did actually, I, I don't want to underestimate. It's 40 years. 40 years. Wow. Yeah, it started so, when I was nine though. So yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about that then. So what, what were you marketing when you were nine years old? Yeah, you know, lemonade and you know, I, I was I didn't even know what I was going to be when I was, you know, in college. So not nine, nine was nothing. Now, I started when I, you know, I'm uh, started when I was 20, 23 in this business. So, yeah. Awesome. And so what was your first sort of foray into marketing? You know, it was it was it was working at Boardroom, which is, you know, the company that I was at for 34 years. That was what you had there. Uh-huh. And and Boardroom was a kind of a, it was a, it was a neat little company. I mean, it was simple business. It was newsletters, books. Um, and it was, um, it was, it was a, 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 a business that, that, you know, it was simple and yet it was iconic in that we, we really like, you know, you talked about Gene Schwartz and breakthrough advertising. Gene Schwartz was one of our copywriters. So we would hire the best of the best. Um, we would do, this was all in direct mail too. We're talking 1981. So, you know, this is, you know, there, there was, there was no internet, there was no email, there was no nothing. And, uh, you know, I always say that advertising opportunities were finite at that time because you had, you know, direct mail, you had radio, TV, print, um, uh, inserts, that kind of stuff. But it really, you know, you knew all the media choices and you chose and, you know, as as things have you know uh, progressed over the last forty years, one of the big things I've noticed is that you know advertising opportunities are now infinite, and I talk about that in my book, which is that you know, and, and I know that you have a lot of coaches on this call, and maybe some agencies and things like that. And the thing that I used to say, even when advertising opportunities were finite there were very few types of media, it was really important to look at specialists as opposed to generalists. And I used to kind of tell people you want to buy your media and your creative and everything a la carte. You don't want to buy a, a, you know, a price fixed dinner because nobody can be an expert in everything. And that's when everything was sort of like, you know, you knew what they were today. It's even, you know, that's on steroids because you've got, you know, you've got even between Facebook and Instagram, it's, it could be a different, media vendor. It's certainly going to be different if it's SEO versus Facebook or versus, uh, you know, uh, display advertising. So, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of a la carte 
buying of everything. And, you know, when I say everything, you know, in, in my book, I talk about the three basic legs of the marketing stool, which is the, the list or, or your, your online family or however you want to call it, your offer and um, the creative and the messaging. And every one of those areas has a tremendous amount of opportunity to buy either media or creative resources or all sorts of, you know, uh, uh, partnerships to create, you know, better offers. And so, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, even though they always say if you buy it a la carte, it's going to cost you more. You know, it's not necessarily true because you're buying the if you're buying the best in each category, it doesn't cost you more because you get way better results. So that's always been my my philosophy of of marketing. And it hasn't changed for 40 years. It's actually more intense now than it was back, you know, in 1981. There's a, there's a, I mean, the internet has obviously transformed marketing in many respects. It's, it has made it sort of a very complex process for a lot of people to get their heads around. But I think one of the biggest dangers of the, you know, problems that the internet's created is that, um, there's this whole sort of on-demand economy going on. And when it comes to marketing, it's like, I'll switch on some ads, I'll get clients. And it just doesn't work like that. Because actually, if you go back to the, the basics of marketing, you've still got different audiences, different niches, even down to like the niche that your product's in. And then, and then the different platforms, like you said. Yeah, I, I, would, I, yeah, I, would, I would sort of summarize it. Uh, in my book, I have, a, I have a chapter, you know, I have three chapters on, on lists, offer creative. And there was a, there was a theory out there in the eighties and nineties that in direct marketing or direct response marketing, that the success of the campaign was based on the 40, 40, 20 rule, which was that 40% was the importance was the list. 40% of the importance was on the offer and 20% on the messaging or the creative. And I didn't turn that on its ear because it's, it's probably right in, in just general, you know, you could say it's, it's off a little bit, but you know, it's basically um, it's basically accurate. But the reason why it's accurate, and and I changed it to the forty-one thirty-nine twenty rule because I wanted to make list the most important thing or audience because, and that's where I came from. I came from the list business in direct mail, and I realized that you know if you don't have the right audience, the right list, you're not targeting properly, you're not segmenting properly. Anything you do with an offer and with the best creative you can do, it's not going to sing. It's not going to, it's not going to win. And it's probably going to get you zero orders too. Whereas the opposite, which is interesting is that if you have like a perfectly targeted list, let's say it's an affiliate that has, that endorses you that, you know, in an email campaign or in a launch or something like that. And you have like a mediocre offer and mediocre creative, your creative is a, is a flashing red box with a flashing red arrow you'll get some orders like you know that's the you know that's the 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 beauty of having the right audience and i often say that you know if you look at the 413920 rule as i as i coined it you would say well that means that the creative is half as important as the offer or the list it's not what it is it's that it's the least important until it's not so the creative becomes the most important once you have your list and your offer dialed in, then world-class creative takes you to a whole nother level, not just get orders. And, and that was my experience throughout my 34 years at Boardroom that, you know, I always was focused on the list and segmentation and all of that. 
I always wanted to get killer offers, working with the copywriter, coming up with the right bonuses and premiums and approach and format and all of that. And then we then hired a better copywriter or the best copywriter. And every time I've gotten like a lift in response from if you have a control package. So if it's a, it's a, it's a promotion, that's the winner right now. And you, you test something against it. Every time that I tested like little tweaks, like a, a headline or um, uh, a, a premium or something like that, I would get lifts of 10, 15, 20%. But when I went to a, a new copywriter with a new approach, when I had the list and the offer kind of dialed in, then I, I got 100% lifts and 150% lifts. And that's the key. So, you know, you don't, you don't do it all separately. And I'm not saying, you know, do the list, do the offer, do the creative. But if you think about, you know, your audience first, who you want to reach, who you don't want to reach, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk over the last bunch of years about, you know, repelling people who are never going to order from you. Like, you know, the idea of having a huge list is not the key. The key is having, you know, a, a dialed in list that is going to order. I mean, I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather have 10,000 names with a 50% open rate in email rather than a hundred thousand names with a 2% open rate or a 5% or a 10%. So there's, there's just a lot of different ways to, look at marketing. And I think that looking at it at this structural level of list offer creative, everything kind of works off of that. And so, and then list could be any medium. So it's not just direct mail, it's email lists. It's, it's the list of customers. If you're doing display advertising, it's the list, the model you do on the lookalike model you do on Facebook. I mean, it's all that. And um, the more targeted, the more segmented, the better. And, you know, and, you know, then the other fundamentals that are key to, to when I, when I, when I talk about the basic fundamentals of direct marketing, it's, it's 40, 40, 20 or 41, 39, 20. Then it's, it's lifetime value, which is that, you know, you have to at some point be in a position to lose money on the first order, to make money on the second, whether it's a renewal or a cross promotion. I mean, now we call it a funnel or whatever, but you know, we had funnels in the 1980s. I'm not sounding like grandpa here, but you know, <laughs> we had stuff that, you know, cross selling, upsell and renewals was, was the, was the, the lion's share of our income. And so you have to be able to lose money on the first order and figure out when you're going to make the money back and when you can figure that out, you're golden because then you can buy more media at a loss. Again, an acceptable loss because you're going to make the money back. Also, you have to have enough cash to make an acceptable loss. So I have a lot of discussion about lifetime value in my book as well. And then, you know, the third, the third concept that is sort of crucial to anybody doing marketing, whether online or offline, is RFM which is not so much a direct marketing rule of thumb. It's actually a buying behavior rule of thumb. It's basically how people buy and behave in the marketplace. So RFM in direct mail was recency, frequency, monetary value. The more recent someone responded, the more responsive they're going to be in the, in the next offer, which didn't make sense to me when I came into the business going back. I said, you know, if, if, they, if they responded to something, you know, a month ago or three months ago, or they bought something three months ago, 
and then we send them something else, they used up all their money. You know, that was like my, my silly mindset coming into the business. And actually it's the opposite. It's like recency is probably the single most, um, you know, indicative uh, indication that they're going to buy again uh, soon. And then you add that with re- with frequency, which is if you, so the frequency would be a multi-buyer. So if you have somebody who bought something in the last month or three months, and they bought three other products in the last year as well, that's going to be someone that's, you got to market to, you got to treat them like a VIP. You know, the person who buys their first order is an invited guest. The person who, you know, buys three things or five things in the last year is a VIP and, you know, you got to welcome them and you got to do more things with them. You got to welcome everybody into your, into your universe and then monetary value, how much they spend with you. And you put those three things together. Every model that we ever did in direct mail in the eighties and nineties was all based on RFM. And it's still RFM today. When you think about it, if you've got a 10,000 name email list, you can segment that list from the people that, and, and it might not be money for the third, it might be recency, frequency, and, and I always say RFT, recency, frequency, and time, because the time they spend with you, and Perry Marshall has talked about this, and Dan Kennedy talks about this, you know, the more time they spend with you, the more valuable they're going to be. They may not have put money down, but they're actually engaged with you, and you've got to keep track of all of those engagements. And what we did in the 80s and 90s with our database, we would basically have all of these names and addresses, and we would, I would call it, we ticked the file for everything they did. If they took a subscription and didn't pay, if they bought a subscription, they'd get ticked. If they bought a book, they'd get ticked. So all of those different things that they did, it's even more important today. So did someone respond to a survey, an email? That's a tick on the file. Did someone... Uh, buy, of course. Did someone uh, raise their hand for a um, a free offer? So you have that on there too, because there's so many ways. Because remember, you know, in direct mail, it was expensive. You had paper, you had printing, you had everything. Whereas in email or you know anything online, it's a lot cheaper. That doesn't mean you don't want to keep track of everything they do with you, especially if your list is targeted and you, you, they're a real family that you're you're promoting to. You got to keep track of everything they do with you because, you know, what I have people on my list that have been on my list for three years, never bought a thing. They just open my emails. They read them. I make offers to them of my own stuff. I don't do affiliates. So I make offers of my own stuff. They never buy. I had a guy recently, though, that joined my virtual mastermind group. And he, he in one of the calls, he chimed in and he said, you know, Brian, I've been following you for two or three years. And finally, you made an offer that really, you know, spoke to me. And so, you know, I'll wait, you know, I'll, I'll wait, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out, you know, I don't care if you don't buy as long as you're engaged with me, that's fine. And if you never buy from me, that's okay. There's enough people doing that because it's not always about, you know, everybody buying from you. I've always found that the best clients I've ever had are the ones who've never spent a penny with me because they become your best referrers. It's like, I'd love it if somebody picked up a copy of my book and got the result, which I set out for them to get through reading that book. And not everybody's going to get the principles in it, but you know, at which point they can lean in and ask for more help. But if they get a result from that book, they're going to go out and shout about the book and Robin White and you know, all of those great. Right. I did a presentation just recently um, I was in Italy 
And I did a prison and then I wrote a blog post about it. It's the five ways you get paid, which is something I got from Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach. And it's been around. And the five ways you get paid, the fifth is cash. The other four, because you mentioned referability. So the other four are uh, utilization or people utilizing you. You, you get them to utilize you. Here's stuff, here's stuff. It's all about giving away your best content for free. And hopefully they'll become, you know, someone who wants to be in your tribe. Then it's enhancement. You got to enhance them all the time. Um, not just with gifts, but with, you know, really valuable content. And, um, you know, the utilization would be if I had a, an ebook and they wanted to use it, like, like you said, with your book. And then enhancement would be just, you know, free stuff that they can use. The third thing is appreciation. When they do use you, utilize you or you enhance them, you appreciate them. Um, even a thank you email is appreciation. But I go further than that with people who are, you know, more of my, uh, my, my core people. And then the fourth is referability. And actually, you want to be the first to refer. So if you find somebody that you're connecting with and you see that they have a talent in something, um, you might, you want to be the first to refer that's, that's basically in, in Cialdini's, uh, one of his ethical, um, uh, his principles of ethical influence, which is reciprocation. Reciprocation in the, in the online world is not what, what, uh, Cialdini was talking about. Cialdini was talking about, you know, be the first to offer usefulness, to reciprocate, to, and if my attitude, I take it a step further. If they don't reciprocate, it's okay with me because someone will reciprocate and they'll make up for the people that don't. But you have to always be the first to refer, the first to give out value, the first to do that. I'll tell you, if you do those four things, utilization, enhancement, appreciation, and referability, you will make money. You can't not make money. But it's money all, it's is all about fact. building trust at the end of the day, isn't it? And yeah, like no you, like and trust. It's, you, it's, it's basic. Yeah. You, you see it. And I think, I don't know whether this is, the, you know, down to the internet or not, but everybody seems to be kind of, you know, crawling over the top of everybody else to kind of get to the sale and get to the money because, you know, it's within their best interest because they've got to pay their mortgage and they've got to put food on their table and it's all right. about them. And I, I, I was saying this to um, had a guest on earlier on as well. I would rather be poor, homeless and destitute than take money off people I shouldn't be taking money off. As a, as a business that's, that's owner, a good attitude. you know, and, and I think, you know, the internet has created this sort of, um, especially when it comes to marketing, that everybody thinks that it should be easy, it should be cheap, and that there should be massive returns on investment. And the one thing which I think they're missing from everything that you've said so far is that um, willingness to kind of get deep down and dirty, especially with the numbers. Like if it's, if it's not yes, worked, no, so yeah, measurability is, yeah, measurability is critical. Getting in with the numbers is critical. I, w- I was an English major in college. So, you know, I'm not a math guy, but I, I learned very quickly that you got to believe your numbers. And so I always had somebody on my staff that was either a statistics person, um, someone who could really make sense of numbers. I could read a dashboard, believe me. So I knew what numbers I wanted. But, you know, I needed somebody to get them for me and they had to be accurate and all of that. So measurability is so critical. And going back to the no like and trust aspect, I mean, I, I have something that I do that is not the norm with most people. I mean, most people, you know, I mean, the good the good marketers know how to do this. But and I, I'm I'm you know, I was once called the director of sales prevention because I don't go after people to sell something immediately. I, I call it fishing without bait. Um, and so 
you know, picture yourself on a lake and you're in a rowboat and you're fishing and, and the fish in the water are your prospects, your list, your online family, whatever. And you've got a pole with a hook on it and some bait. So you throw the hook in the water, you know, the bait's wiggling there. It looks good. A, a fish gets on the hook. You, you bring them in, probably gave them some free content. Um, and then that's where, that's where it starts. So what's that free content? Was it a, was it a bait and switch or was it a really good piece of content? That's, that's where you, you know, the rubber hits the road right there on where you are in your integrity, but whatever it is, you bring them into your boat and you get them into a funnel and you move them up an Ascension program and you end up, you know, either selling them a lot more stuff or not, but you, you know, that's, that's, that's basic marketing. And it can work. It's, it's a great way to do it. And there's a lot of things in between that that you can do and not do. What I like to do is I, I, the, lake, the lake is, again, the audience, the fish are in it. I kind of shine a spotlight over the lake. So I'm shining a light and the fish are looking up and they're, you know, engaging with me. I ask them questions in my blogs every week. I, I do surveys to them. I ask them, I just ask them probing questions. And when they send answers back to me, I know who they are a little bit. And then I develop that further. I, I set up, you know, I set up this last week, I set up a, a fundraiser to Charity Water, which is a great organization. And I, um, I basically said, you know, if you, you know, if you give, you know, $40 a month on their program, I'll just give you like, you know, a fantastic, um, you know, bonus that for free. I just wanted to do that because I'm engaging with them. I'm eventually going to sell something to them, but I don't have to sell every time. I don't have to sell, you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an intense environment every time. And every once in a while, I'll do a launch to the list. But even if I'm doing a launch to the list, I'm going to do it with an education purpose first. You know, the idea, I mean, product launch formula by Jeff Walker is brilliant. a great way. It's brilliant. And, and so, you know, to have three pre-launch videos of content that, that moves you through something to a transformation. And on the fourth video or a webinar, you make a pitch and I don't even like to make, say it's a pitch. It's an offer. It's an enrollment. I mean, that's even a great way to look at it. It's, you know, so when you're fishing without bait, you're enrolling people, not selling them. You're enrolling people, not pitching them. And I guess, you know, you can pitch people and do very well and do it with integrity but I like to do it a little bit more, you know, the way that you're talking about. And, and, you know, look, I always say life is long, even though it's short, but it, I always say life is long and I don't have to make every sale today. And so, you know, that's the way I've, I've lived my life. And, you know, I'm old, I'm much older than you. And I've, I've been through cancer and a stroke to boot. So, wow. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, but I'm still living as life is long because I, I don't think there's any other way to do it. So and you're, you're still, um, I didn't know that about you. So thank you for opening up about that. Are you, you, and you're still incredibly like dedicated to the cause as well, like marketing and the way you talk about it is so enthusiastic. So can we, can we, do you mind if we talk about, yeah. do you mind if we talk about kind of cancer and what you went through then with the stroke? Like what, how long ago did that happen? And what? So the cancer what, was less, less scary than the stroke. The, the cancer was 2008. Um, I was diagnosed with second stage uh, prostate cancer which is a good, you usually get a pretty good prognosis with that. Um, and I did. And so I won't be dying of prostate cancer. I have to find something else. 
because <laughs> good. You know, so I, I treated it, I got out of it. So that was good. But then, you know, fast forward to April of 2019, I had a massive stroke. Wow, totally, that recent. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was totally, I was totally unprepared for it. I mean, I had an AFib. I'm, I'm not experiencing AFib that much, but I had an AFib. It, it caused a blood clot. Um, I passed out. And luckily there was, a, I got to the hospital quickly. They got the clot out and, you know, luckily, um, you know, I didn't have to go for physical therapy. I didn't have to go for speech therapy. Although some people, th- my, my family thinks I should go for speech therapy just cause I talk too much. Um, <laughs> so, um, so it, it was, it, you know, it was, that was scary, but you know what I, I one of the thing, one of the big lessons going back to what we were talking about was that, you no, know, I tried to, when I got up in the hospital and I was, you know, I, I was paralyzed um, when I went down w- with the stroke. I mean, my whole right side, I couldn't lift my arm. But when I got up in the hospital, I was fine. You know, I, w- I was really in, in decent shape. And uh, so I just started thinking about, you know, what had I died? What would I have left? What was my footprint? And um, so I thought about my book. My, I have two books, but mostly Over Deliver, which is, you know, more of my not not a memoir, but it's more of my the history of direct marketing through my eyes. And so um, I said, oh, I have the book. And I said, well, that's not that satisfying. But then I thought about the the site that I put together, which was overdeliverbook.com, which is a um, it's a site where you go to this site. That's where you should buy the book, too, if anybody wants to buy the book, because you go there and there are buttons. You go to Amazon, wherever you want to buy the book, you go buy the book, you come back to the site. And you put your order number in and you get to download thousands of dollars worth of bonuses. But that's not the key. The key that I thought about after my stroke was that the key was that all of those bonuses are is stuff from most of it is stuff from my mentors, the people that I stand on the shoulders of. And so it was, you know, the shoulders of Dan Kennedy, the shoulders of Gene Schwartz, the shoulders of. Marty Edelston, who was the founder of Boardroom, the shoulders of of Gordon Grossman and Dick Benson, who were direct male, you know, savants. And so all the bonuses, there's PDFs of full books. There's Jay Abraham, who wrote the forward to the book. I have 19 keynote speeches from him. So that was that got to me. So that I said, you know what? That was my mission because that was what I was doing. And afterwards, it's still my mission to kind of you know, um, honor your mentors while, you know, not deferring everything that you've done. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to put my career completely off to the side, uh, cause I took all that stuff from them and I developed my own way of thinking my own way of life, but that was the key. So that was a really important, it was a, it was kind of a re epiphany. Cause I always knew I was into mentors and I always, you know, I have a, I have a video on my website. It's like, you're, you don't choose your mentors, they choose you. And I have a whole thing about how that happens. So it, it's a very interesting thing. And then I, I happened to see the movie Coco uh, in the last two years. And Coco is a Pixar film. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's you know kind of an animated film. And it's about Dia de Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead in Mexico. And what it is, is that every year, the Mexican people, they have a two, two or three days they honor the dead. They don't, they don't mourn the dead. They honor the dead with big, you know, celebrations and everybody who's passed and, you know, without giving away the movie, if you're going to want to see it, but um, the, the key is that you're, 
you're not really dead. The final death is when you're no longer remembered. So, you know, if you, if you, if you're not remembered, you're going to crumble. And that, that's the key in, in, um, in that. But if you're, if you're, um, um, but if you are remembered, you're kind of alive in a, in, in some sort of way. And that was, you know, another piece. In fact, I have, uh, I have, let me see if I can get you the, uh, yeah, there's, there's the, uh, above the Jersey boys. With oh Mickey. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, it's, a, it's actually, a, it's actually a, a vinyl record of Coco and a guy got it framed for me, which was really, um, so, so, I mean, it was a long, it was a long answer to, you know, my stroke, but my stroke was, you know, it was what it was. And, and, um, I, I kind of got some really good lessons out of it. It's something to write about too. You know, if you survive it, if I didn't survive it, I couldn't write about it. But the fact that I survived it, I can still write about it and think on it and think of different things. And if someone else goes through it, I can talk them through what I went through and, and uh, yeah, so I, I can see as well in the work that which you do, like how important legacy is to you, because, you know, how we connected was through Gene's, Gene Schwartz's book, you know, Breakthrough Advertising. And I'm, right. I'm going to have a, probably a fanboy moment now anyway. But um, no, you know, I had that, a fanboy moment with you, with you when you were doing that, that, that video on Gene and Breakthrough Advertising, because I was I was like sitting, you were being a fanboy of Gene and I was being a fanboy of you, you know, because I there's nothing more that, and that's why I reached out to you. And there's nothing more that I respect in someone that defers. Um, so when I say, when you say I'm, I'm, I'm into legacy, I'm, I'm definitely not into legacy as it pertains to death. I'm into legacy as it pertains to a living legacy. And so Gene's dead, but my living legacy is to honor him. And that is what I get out of it. Yeah. Whether someone will honor me when I'm gone, maybe, maybe not, but that's not why I'm doing it. And that's why the book was less, um, it, 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 was, it, was, it was less fulfilling when I, after my stroke than, than overdeliverbook.com, the site, with all of those bonuses that I had access to because I was close with all of these guys who were my mentors. And of course, they all gave me permission to use it. The dead ones, you know, they didn't have a choice, but, <laughs> but even the dead ones did because look, Gene gave me the rights to break through. Gene's wife gave me the bright. Gene gave it to me when he was alive. His wife, Barbara, gave it to me after he died. And but I had the rights to Gordon Grossman's book and I had the rights to Dick Benson's book. Uh, Dan Kennedy did a swipe file for my Titans of Direct Response event, which was a huge event in 2014. And you know, I, Dan doesn't give give out his stuff to people. I don't know if you know Dan Kennedy, but he's yeah. very protective of his stuff. And I just sent him a fax and I, he doesn't do email. So you have to send him a fax. I sent Dan Kennedy a fax. I said, you know, the, the, the thing you gave away at, at Titans, can I, can I give it away as a PDF? It was, like, it was still like, you know, five years old, but it was real relevant. And he just said, yes, you know, at a, so getting people, you know, there's also something that I, I, I see in all of this, and it, it all has to do with marketing too, believe me. Um, but it's, it's the idea of an ask from nowhere. And I did a blog post that was never make an ask from nowhere. And it goes into what we're talking about. You know, your customers have to know, like, and trust you, but the people that you admire, that you want to do stuff for, that you want to, you know, do projects for, for free, 
they have to know I can trust you too, because they've been in it longer or they've been in it in another area that you're not in. And so the idea of, you know, doing, it's not even pro bono because it's not for charity. It's just for, you know, the, I'll give you a good example. So I did a, um, Jim Rutz is one of the, uh, great copywriters of all time that a lot of people don't know. Um, he was a guy that I worked with in the eighties and nineties, amazing copywriter. And when he died, his sister sent me all of his stuff, like all of his, his, uh, his archives, even the stuff that he admired, like the mailing pieces that he admired. And so I had three big boxes in my office that she shipped to me. And I didn't know what I would do with it, but I said, I could do an amazing product about Jim and bring him back to life. Again, you know, honoring people who were dead. So they're remembered. And so I didn't do it right away because I was stalling on it. I had a lot of other things to do. I was launching my new business. And then I did something in one of my, um, in one of my uh, blog posts, it was like the copywriter closest to God because Jim was very religious. He, he actually started a church, um, through, through, through the mail too. It was amazing. Um, and so when I, I, I said in that blog post, you know, I would, um, um, I want I have, I have, you know, his sister Ginger's three boxes of stuff. I want to put it into a swipe file, but you know, I, I may do it. I may not. Um, I didn't ask for volunteers, and on my list, there were three young copywriters all raised their hand and said, you know, Brian, if you ever do that product in Jim Rutz, I've admired him. And these were young guys. So I knew they were serious. So th- this is like a 35 year old who had followed Jim Rutz. So I knew that he was a student of the craft. So these three writers all said that they would love to work on the project. And that's what got the project going. And I got the project done. I sell it now for $295. It's not the money. It's like I'm getting Jim Rutz out to the uh, uh, a generation that if I didn't do it, it wasn't going to get done, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And so after I did it, I thought about it and I said to these three guys, I, and I gave them some of the money, of course. I, I gave Ginger a big chunk of the money. And and um, the three writers, I said to them, I think I either either on Zoom or, or, one, or, or in person, I said, you know, you, this is an example of, of me, of, of you choosing your, that you didn't choose me as a mentor, but if you want me as a mentor, um, I'm choosing you because not just because they volunteered, but they volunteered at such a deep level. And they, they were students of the craft and they weren't just like brown nosing me to do it. And so I, you know, that was my whole career, you know, Gene Schwartz, you know, um, one of the great stories about Gene Schwartz is that he had his own company, Instant Improvement, which was a small little health book company. And he would need lists for that for that business when he was mailing for that. So he was writing copy for Boardroom and for me, and he was writing copy for Rodale Press, which is a big health publisher. Rodale and Boardroom had two of the biggest health universes of any list owner in, in the world. And so Gene instead of having us pay him for his copy, we would give him names for his copy. He figured out that if I give him, and he could segment our list any way he wanted by recency, frequency, monetary, give him the best names that he wanted. And I think the the, the fee was 750,000 names for a full package that he wrote for us. Wow. I did the math. Even if I paid him $100,000 for his package, he made so much more than that because he got all of our lists. He got all of the residuals of 
the renewals, the, the multi-buyers, all of that. And so that was the way he did his business. And then during that process of, of doing names for his copy, I looked at his instant improvement business and I said, Gene, your list broker is not giving you the best lists. I had all the best lists that we nailed for boardroom. So I said, I, I want to do a list plan for you. I wasn't going to take any money for it. I was working at boardroom. I was getting a nice salary. So I just did list plans for Gene all the time. When I did a list plan for one of my health books, I did a list plan for his, one of his health books. Don't you know that, you know, he mailed so many more names profitably and it, I didn't, I wasn't expecting anything in return, but don't you know that, you know, he, he uh, invited me to his house for lunch regularly. Uh, his house was like a museum. He was an art collector. So that's how I, I didn't choose Gene as a mentor. He chose me as a mentee. And then I got to sit at his feet and just admire everything that he taught me. And then before he died, he gave me the rights to his book through boardroom. And then after he died, you know, I got, I kept the rights and renegotiated a contract with his wife. That all started with, you know, me not brown nosing him. I mean, maybe it was a little brown nosing. I used, I admired him, but you know, I wanted to learn from him and, you know, sometimes people don't respond to that. Well, I, I think it's, it sounds like there's mutual admiration there on both sides of it. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the things which I, um, what, one, it's brilliant that you brought breakthrough advertising, but kind of not back to the masses. Cause part of what I love about breakthrough advertising is the scarcity of it. It's really hard to get a, a copy of it. Actually, if you don't know where you're looking, right. And the amount of times I'll talk about it. And you, I even had somebody comment on the YouTube channel. Oh, you can just go and download it for free as a PDF. I was like, you won't get the value out of it. You won't, you won't. Yeah. Like, it's like a collector's item. And, and it, it, you know, I've got, I've got some swipes in the back of the book. The, I mean, it's true. <laughs> the manuscript is exactly word for word from the 1966 manuscript, um, which is ironic or not ironic. It's, it's interesting for sure that a book that was written in 1966 uh, is 100% relevant today. That's the big difference. I mean, there are a lot of marketing books that were written 1966 and before 1966. They're, they're relevant, but there's some stuff in there that's not. I mean, Gene's, you know, he does talk about mailings. He does talk about space ads, but, you know, I, he didn't see the internet coming in 1966, but it's all applicable, which is, that's the amazing thing. I mean, you know, the states of awareness and your market and, and being able to write, I mean, basically to write to your audience in different segments. I mean, you know, that's going on today on the internet, you know, tenfold. Having the ability to be able to create something which is timeless and irrespective of platforms and things like that. And again, that's one of the things which I love about over deliver is the fact that you've, you've made, it's not based on like one specific platform or one like idea. It's kind of like a collection of ideas that are designed to kind of, they'll work on any platform if you apply it. Yeah. I, 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 I own, I own a URL single channel marketing is so boring.com. <laughs> if you go to that URL, you go to my website, but it's not the one I use, but I use BrianKurtz.net. but it's, it's, it's single channel. And, and that was like, when I started out after, I mean, while I was at boardroom, I always said, I never met a medium. I didn't like, I would test almost anything. I also say that, you know, I, one of the, one of the jokes I tell is that I tested everything. I mean, if it was available, I would, you know, if it wasn't that expensive, I would test it. I said that the, the, the back of yogurt lids and the back of, of ATM receipts were only a good idea at the time. 
both of those were disasters and they didn't last. Obviously, you know, you can't order from a yogurt lid because it's it's too messy. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> order from the back of an ATM receipt. And I, I, I realized what it was is that they're either throwaways or people just took money out of the bank and they realized they're poor, so they're not going to buy anything. Um, <laughs> so, but whatever, I mean, just to say that I would test that. I mean, I, yeah. you know, we at Boardroom, you know, Marty wanted, to, we, we tested a billboard, you know, just for the hell of it, you know, with with it with a call to action, and you know, at a whether it was a website or a, a, an eight hundred number, um, you know, all marketing it, it's it's o to o to o, it's online to offline to online, and you know, online you know is where you know everybody's at these days. But that doesn't mean that offline can't be an an, an and. It's not an or, obviously. But well, you know, I, I think it's. I think it create uh, like offline creates much more. Um, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Like uh, people are much tactile. more interested. It's more tactile. Yeah, but it creates a lot more intrigue. So, for example, I, this is breaking news. Nobody knows about this yet. But my new business cards are actually like a um, a celebration coin with the Fearless Business logo on it, and then three numbers on the back: seventy ten two, which I I live and die by. It's kind of like you know the old old age, dark old ages of cold calling. You know, seventy calls. 10 appointments, two sales. Right, right. And, um, and, and I, that's something which is foundational to what, what we teach. So I was like, I'll stick it on a celebration coin and then I'll start handing them out. And people will be like, that's an interesting thing. I mean, Jiggy, you got there. Like, what's that all about? So it starts the conversation. I don't I think you can do that online. That for 41, 39, 20. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So, but you can have that idea. That's free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't own that one. Um, but it, I don't think you can get that same level of as intrigue as, you, you know, online as having something physical. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the idea that, you know, some people want everything digital is true. I mean, some people don't want the physical product. However, um, having a physical product, having the ability to, I mean, you have postal addresses, people don't use them. And so what can you do with a postal address of somebody who is in your mastermind and pays you $25,000 a year, I mean, the idea of at least once a year sending them something super special in yeah. the mail as an appreciation, this is appreciation, yeah. um, you know, just a simple thing like that, or, you know, Federal Express envelopes with, with your new book or a book that you loved and you send everybody in the mastermind the book. I mean, there are so many things, and that's a, that's a version of direct mail. Yeah. It's not mailing a billion pieces, at $39 at a time, you know, $39 offers at a time, but it is a form of direct mail that supports the digital business. That, that, that's just, there's nothing wrong with that. And it pays for itself, you know, tenfold. Absolutely. hundred percent. And interestingly, it's, it's something which we do as well. It's kind of like, we're just, if I find a book, which I like, which I think will add tons of value to people, just write, buy 80 of them, send it out to everybody in the group, uh, yeah. job done. Nice and easy. I have, a, I have one bookcase here that's all like, multiple copies of my favorite books. And whenever I figure out that someone needs it or I want to send it, that's, you know, and that, that was something in my book also that I called the Christmas cards in July. So, you know, the idea is that, um, you know, everybody sends Christmas cards, which is fine. I'm not anti Christmas cards. I'm not anti religion. Um, but you know, when, you know, when you're, when you're at the post office and you got two big, three big shoe boxes of Christmas cards to everybody on your list or everybody in your, in your sphere and you stamp them and you're mailing them and you walk out of the post office, you feel so satisfied that I've touched everybody on my list. And then I just, I, I think about, you know, everybody on your list is going to get that 
card, they're going to open it and they're going to throw it out and it's not going to be memorable. I would much rather, you know, and not during Christmas, um, anytime during the year, um, if something crosses your desk or something comes up and you think of somebody, send it to them. Just put it in the mail with a note. And it's not the it's not the gift. It's the note. I was thinking about you. Um, you know, because of this, I mean, the example, it's funny that you say that because I, I, sometimes I do think that, you know, I've got, I've got packs of stuff down here that probably like you. Sometimes I think I'm actually running a mailing business, not a coaching practice. Right. Right. (laughs) And and the thing is, it could be a re-gift. I mean, re-gifts are fine. Um, like I, I, the, the example I often give is that I got a, um, I got chocolate covered macadamia nuts from a guy on my list from Hawaii. And I don't eat macadamia nuts and I don't eat sugar. So I needed to, you know, I was, what was I going to do with it? I was going to throw it out or just give it to, you know, my assistant, whatever. And so I thought about a guy who was the co-author of my first book, The Advertising Solution. And he lives in Oregon and he goes to his, his, his vacation spot is Hawaii every year with his family. And I just put that in an envelope. It was right after the, we, we published the book. So it was timely. It was definitely not during Christmas. It was in February or April or whatever, not maybe July. And so I put the, um, if it was July, it would have melted. So I put, I put the macadamia nuts in an envelope and the note on it said, you know, I was thinking of you. I know it's a re-gift, but it's, I haven't opened it and pulled out the best pieces and get, left you the rest. So it's, it's legitimate, but I just wanted to thank you for being my partner on this book. And, you know, our friendship took another level and all that. I, I, I made it very warm. You know, and it was a basically I knew I was enhancing him and I was appreciating him. And that's all that counts. And that's so it. I'm going to let you in on a little secret now, actually. So, you know, you sent me a, a copy of um, uh, Gene's other book, um, Brilliant Breakthrough. Brilliant Breakthrough, yeah. yeah. Fantastic book. I'm halfway through it now. Um, but you also sent another copy of Breakthrough Advertising to me. So I ended up with two copies thinking because yeah, I obviously already had it. It's like, and randomly, I actually spoke at an event a couple of weeks ago and uh, one of my mentors, who was another guest actually on the podcast a few, um, few months back, Andrew Priestley. I don't know if you may have heard of him no. or not done, but um, so he's, he's, he loves his copywriting, loves, loves advertising and stuff like that and marketing, like absolute enthusiast. He's been mentored by some of the greats as well. And he, out of the blue, I didn't prompt him. We didn't even talk about breakthrough advertising or anything like that. And he just went, he's an Aussie. Do you know what, Rob? He said, the one book I've always wanted is Breakthrough Advertising. He said, never own a copy, never own a copy. I just died. It's the one book I've always wanted. And I, just, I came home and I was like, right, that's, it was meant to be. Right, And right. that whole appreciation, he was absolutely gushing over it. He couldn't believe that I'd gone to that effort. And, you know, and obviously everybody knows how expensive a copy of the book is compared to like normal books and, right, and things right. like that. So he'd loved it. Absolutely that's, loved that's it. That's ideal. And, and I guess... You know, I don't know if I put it in my note to you, but I pro- if I was sending you another copy, I, I normally say, um, it, you know, you have a copy. So, you know, give this one to someone who calls you a mentor, because I always say that, you know, you don't need to. You only need one. So yeah. Yeah, that, that was really, really smart. And my, and my copy lives on, on my desk at the moment. So we had a really nice um, comment from a guy called John O'Poon in the group as well, who said, Over Deliver is epic. Uh, Kit oh, kept listening you. to it on Audible. And I, I listened to it about five times as well. Building a business for a lifetime, playing the long game. 
with a big heart. So he he totally shares your passion as well. Uh, I, I could talk for, for hours, Brian. Um, I, I've got a couple of questions though before we do kind of wrap things up, um, if it's okay. You, you obviously, you ran the, the Titans of Direct's marketing event um, back in 2014. And I remember that event. I was, myself, I just sort of started on my personal development journey back then. And then a couple of years later set up my coaching practice as a result of that and it was a brilliant event but was that the transition then to setting up titans marketing and the out of not out of boardroom but you know what i mean and and yeah yeah i mean marty edelston the founder had died in october of 2013 and i was gonna probably leave um i i had you know i i i I had equity in the business i wanted i kind of wanted out um i didn't know what i wanted to do i wasn't going to work for somebody um, I probably could I have retired maybe, I don't know. I mean, it didn't matter. I wasn't going to retire, so I didn't want to. So I, um, I did the event, um, after he died with, and I got Dan Kennedy and I got all the great speakers. And then after the event, um, I, I realized that I could, I could create an education business that would be very fulfilling as my, you know, second career kind of thing. So instead of, you know, being a business to consumer publisher at boardroom selling, you know, $39 at a time, I could be a business to business publisher, uh, not publisher, a business to business marketer selling to starting off with like 30 people in a high, high price mastermind. And then they would go out and market to all of their people. So I'm still reaching, you know, millions of people, hopefully. And then I'd work that down to another program, which is Titans Accelerator, which is over 200 people, um, copywriters, marketers, entrepreneurs, and then they're all going out. It's like go forth and multiply is, is, is the key. And so, um, and, and I, I'll tell you, it, the, the B2B model and the mastermind model, and the, it, it's, it's not necessarily easier, and I'm not looking for easy, but it, it's, it's a really scalable way to, you know, offer something of tremendous value and get so much back in return and not just money. You know, I get, I get so much back in terms of, you know, kudos and, and not just kudos, but um, just people. It's the energy that a mastermind creates, isn't it? And, and yeah. um, I love the fact that being able to say, because I, I don't have a mastermind as such, you know, I have a group coaching program. I love the fact that actually when you can see at a grassroots level, the impact you're having on people's lives as well. Like, We've had, aside from my two children, we've had three fearless babies mm-hmm. help people kind of get their first office or get set up with their first house oh, and things like great. that. Like that stuff's the stuff which really touches yeah. me. It fills yeah. you up, right? It's yeah. just great. And, and, that, and that is what, you know, and I, I, I say all the people on your, all the people that you, you, you serve, the, you know, the coaches and, you know, those people are just on the verge of this model and they can clearly have a higher end of whatever they have already, you can too. And so that's the Ascension program. The interesting thing is because I had 34 years of experience at Boardroom and I I learned something in those 34 years, I was able to start, I did a Descension program. So I started at the high end of like 30 companies at $25,000 each. And that was the first thing I launched. And then I got, and then I started selling books. I got breakthrough advertising, brilliance breakthrough, the Jim Rutt swipe file, Bill Jamie swipe file, all this stuff. And then I worked my way down because I had nothing low ticket, and I've worked my way down now. I had a Titans Master Class, which was eleven thousand five hundred a year, 
And now I'm in Titan's Accelerator, which is only 2000 a year. Um, my launch last time was 1875 a year. And all of that was just a, a descension program because, you know, there are different people who can only, you know, uh, and, and, and your guys are probably going the other way because they get people who can afford whatever it is, $99 a month or $47 a month. And then they can do a $1,500 group coaching or something. And then they can do a $10,000 group with your elite people. So yeah. it, it's just a great model. If you have, if you, if not just think you have something to offer, if, if you really figure out what is your genius zone, what is the thing that people would come to you for the most? Um, I didn't even know what that was. And I had to ask around and I had to really search for it. And it, it, once you find it, though, people, you, 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 there's always people to serve in that area. 100%. Absolutely. I agree. Well, we are, we are at time. So um, we'll share some links as well to, so we've got briankirks.net. And obviously, if people want to get hold of um, a, a copy of Overdeliver as well, plus all the bonuses, they can get it. Is it from Brian Kurtz or is that from a different? Um, um, well, if you go to Brian Kurtz and products, you'll get to the Overdeliver book oh, site. Definitely don't buy it straight from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Go to overdeliverbook.com. Buy, go from there to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Come back to that site. And then you get incredible bonuses. So Great, you might as well, get the we'll, bonuses. we'll make sure that we share the right right link in the show notes then as well. Um, and obviously, if people want to know more about the um, Titans Accelerator Mastermind as well, what would be their best next step? They could go to briankurtz.net and there's a there's a tab at the top. It says "Work with me," and so and it's Titans Accelerator, Titans Masterclass, Titans Mastermind, and then Consulting. But Titans Accelerator is the first one. Once you scroll down through some testimonials, and um, yeah, that. That that's that's my pride and joy at this point. I mean, they're all they're all my pride and joy. But that one is really building tremendous momentum, especially during COVID. You know, I went from it was going to be a weekly call with me, and now I'm doing I'm, I'm a monthly call with me with either a guest or hot seats, and I'm doing the calls weekly basically now. I'm home. I might as well do it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it shows, it demonstrates kind of what a generous guy you are. And you've been incredibly generous as well with the podcast um, this afternoon. So I hugely appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Robin. And, um, and you uh, have been incredibly generous with Breakthrough Advertising and being a student and being, you know, um, you know, you didn't just talk the talk, you walked the walk. And, and that's how I found you. You walked the walk on that video and someone sent it to me and I said, I got I to gotta contact this guy. And that's oh. what I did. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I should thank that person as well. I can't remember who it was, but we'll have to have to drop them a note. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Send them some appreciation. That's Absolutely, right. 100%. Um, listen, I always finish up with one one question. As well. I, I could literally talk to you for hours, but I've got I've got to end this at some point. So yes. I always finish up with one question, which is we're going to we're going to buckle up and jump into the fearless business time machine and um we're going to you get to punch in the date like back to the future and we're going to go back to x number of years and you've got to have a word with with Brian Kurtz T minus how many years that is so when is it and what would you say you know um it, it i was thinking about it and it it's probably a point in time where i was doing like i could have got i'm not could have but i I was looking at this, you know, idea of, you know, your mentors don't choose you, you choose your mentors. And I was like in the middle of that, you know, what I did with Gene Schwartz, what I did with Dick Benson, uh, who was a direct mail guy, uh, what I did with all these, these luminaries. And I think 
I wasn't calculated about it. I just wanted to learn from them. So if I'm punching back to that time, if I knew what I knew now, I would have given even more of myself. Like I, and I don't know what difference that would have made. I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't have made that much difference, but it would have been richer probably because I would have looked for other angles of those people. And I probably, because I was focusing on a few and not many, I probably would have looked further out in the industry. Like I would have looked for more, you know, media people or, and especially when, you know, the internet became, you know, more prevalent, I would have jumped on that, even though I kind of stayed with the the mentors I had built. Now I I still do it. And and now I do it with everybody that I meet. Um, You know, I'm doing it with you. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm meeting somebody who, has a, a, a really neat program for coaches and, you know, and I, I'd like to help you if I can. So, but I think if I punch back to that point where I was just sort of milling through, um, milling through my mentors and I had what I had now, I would have been even more strategic, not more brown nosing, not more, you're great, you're great, you're great, but more going even deeper. Like if I gone, I don't like to go a mile wide. I like to go a mile deep. Yeah. So I probably would have gone two miles deep. With, and again, I, it, just, it wouldn't have changed my life or my career. What it would have changed, though, is, you know, I would have learned a lot more stuff. And so, you know, I kind of missed out on that. I'm not regretting it. I mean, I did pretty well, but that would be it, I think. Yeah, well, I think I think there's there's an element of like, you know, you can have too much focus. And actually, I think where you were at has created the abundance which you give off now. And that's incredibly powerful as well. So don't underestimate the value of that for sure. Yeah, I, I thank you. I, I do. But, you know, I, I had to answer the question. I had to come up with something. And <laughs> that would be it because, you know, I'm a lifelong learner. And, you know, and, and again, I don't I don't I never lament the past. Like I didn't do that then because I always say there are two times now and not now. So if I didn't do it then, then it was a not now. Yeah. And if I'm doing it today, it's a now. So I try to put myself in that perspective when I sort of regret what I didn't do. You know, the road's not taken. Um, but, you know, I, I but if, if I'm going to do something like I'm sure I had I did have the idea for Titans Accelerator three or four years ago, like a virtual mastermind, less expensive. I didn't do it. It just wasn't I wasn't ready to do it. Yeah. And when I was ready to do it, I did it. And it was the perfect time to do it because it was it was when I did it. So yeah. having that philosophy of, you know, because you did it today is the perfect time to do it, as opposed to I did it today and I missed out on all this other stuff that I didn't do before. That's kind of a waste. And I try to I try to put that in the wastebasket as often as I can. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's like, you know, just trust your gut instincts and just go with it now. Don't try and force it. It's just, a, right. yeah, yeah, definitely down with that. Awesome, Brian. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you ever so much. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. I really appreciated this. And, uh, and uh, you know, keep on... Uh, Keep on keeping on. You're you're moving in a good direction. I, I'm uh, I got your back, so it's good. Awesome. Thank you, man. Bye.